guys, what's up? Welcome to Rebels Recap. That's right, happy 2017. For those of you who did not catch our video, really our video trailer review um, over on SoundCloud and from Rebels Recap here, happy 2017. We're back into this Star Wars Rebels universe and we're so glad that we can spend it with everybody out there listening in, watching in, whatever form you are taking this in. And sitting across from me here is Mr. Brian Fontaine. Brian, it's been a long time no see. It has, and we've got another great episode of Star Wars Rebels to, to break down here, so let's get going. Yeah, absolutely. Just We're just going to head right into this. This is the pickup from last season. This is, We're getting right into the second half of Star Wars Rebels. This is, was considered episode 10 and episode 11. I know for all of us Star Wars Rebels fans, it's been hard to keep track of what the heck the number of each one of these episodes are. Um, but this was uh, episodes 10 and 11. They ran into each other part series. The director behind this was actually Matt Zwire, which actually I have a little bit of insight about. I thought that some of his directorial style here kind of showed a little bit in this episode, but we'll get into that. But uh, this aired on January 7th. That was last night for everybody here. And boy, I'm telling you, Brian, I'm just going to get it started. This episode, uh, or two parts, I, I guess we should probably break it down by each part here and be br pretty brief about each part but that first half i think the big piece of this is being introduced to saw Gerrera and coming back to geonosis and everything and understanding what's been going on i think as you know with rogue one and everything we have a pretty clear understanding of what was going on there but they did a nice job of teasing without giving us the direct answer oh they did so we talked about it yesterday and we talk about it quite a bit that that connective tissue that the star wars universe is starting to get this episode was dripping with that. It was just so awesome. They went back to <clears throat> they went back to last season with the honorable ones where we had Zeb and Callus on that that moon of Geonosis. You you saw Hera mention that basically all the space debris and everything was all cleaned up around that. It was kind of a little bit of a um, minor detail and just the fact that you know without coming out and really saying it like you did, Robin, we kind of got a little bit more glimpse and uh, of what the fate of the Geonosians was. And uh, one of the things I love about Star Wars just in general, regardless of the medium, is they may not hit you over the head with the answer, but they'll certainly lead you pretty close to that water. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. They, I, and I have to admit, I don't know if I've ever seen a Star Wars series, maybe other than Clone Wars at times, that has done such a good job of what you just said, Brian, not hitting us over the head with the answer, but saying, you know what? We're going to kind of build up to this uh, eventual answer, as you could say. And I think if we are talking about this and we're talking about returning to Geonosis and everything, of course, you know, we see Rex and everybody, the whole team teams up, goes there. And of course, who do we run into? But the man who showed up in Rogue One himself, Mr. Saw Gerrera himself, which I was so happy about them including him this season, knowing his Clone Wars past. Oh, uh, they... I'm I'm even as equally pumped, Robin, that they got Forrest Whitaker to come back and, and do the voice. And again, not hitting us over the head, but we know that this is approximately about two years prior to the Battle of Yavin, which puts it about two years prior to Rogue One. So you you can just, oh my God, they you could just tell so much about the character of Saw, not only where he came from, what his motivations are. Even at this point, two years out of, I don't think he's quite... I don't think he's quite as crazy yet. And there's something that's going to happen in this two-year time period that is, I don't know if we're going to see it in Star Wars Rebels. And maybe it's another medium. Maybe it's one of the novels or the, the comics. But 
it's going to get even worse for him. And that, that paranoia, the just, it's just going to set in even more and the inability to trust anybody. It's going to be, it's going to be huge. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there was something special about this episode, Brian, that I felt the Sagarera that we saw, especially in the first half more than, well, I guess a little bit of the second half as well, but more in the first half was the same Sagarera that basically we saw in Clone Wars, but just so much more had happened to him. And he was really digging deep into like his own, I guess you could say his own kind of research into building the rebellion up from his side of the picture and everything. And as we know, Saw Gerrera really is this radical. We saw it in the Clone Wars series. And basically just the jibber-jabber between the Ghost crew and Rex and everything, I think it's pretty clear that, yeah, Saw Gerrera is this guy who is really separate from the Rebels in his own way. He is this extremist that the, the Rebels kind of want on their side in some ways, which I think is, is really cool. And I think it adds another layer to this season that we're going to have a character who we've seen in the past, but has now evolved into this newer kind of character, which is really, really fascinating. Yeah, this just episode was uh, obviously you could tell that this one got a lot of TLC and just the the animation, the, you know, like the sandstorm we saw, this one had all the one liners you had, you know, the, I, I'm sure you caught this one, but you had Rex saying, well, he's no Skywalker, obviously <laughs> the, referencing Anakin. You had yeah. Saw with a couple, you said you mentioned with that jibber jabber, just kind of like those couple one-liners about, it, it's just funny. Maybe this is a whole side tangent. We could probably do a whole nother show about this, but just the the the, the perception that even Saw had about the the Jedi. And obviously, you know, he was originally trained in that Onderon arc um, with Rex and in, in the Jedi and but, you know, several times he either called them soft or call, you know, was said that they're the reason why, you know, the, the, the downfall of the Republic. And it's just, it's interesting that, I don't know, this is a whole nother side thing about, you know, I, I know a lot of people are expecting both, you know, Ezra and, and Kanan to bite it by the end of when Star Wars Rebels is, is done, just because they, they have to assume that, you know, Luke is, quote unquote, the last Jedi, but maybe he's the last hope. I mean, we've already seen Vader basically kick you know, Kanan and Ezra's ass last season. So, you know, they, you know, they may be a Jedi, but in terms of a Jedi, in terms of how we kind of have Luke on the pedestal, maybe they don't have to get written off. But it was just interesting to see how everybody kind of interacts. And if you put on that, that lens of, if you've seen, obviously, Rogue One, and if you haven't, please go out and do so immediately. Hit, hit stop on this, go buy some, go buy some tickets. But even just Bail Organa talking to Mon Mothma about the Jedi friend, and we know that they're obviously referencing Obi-Wan, and we just talked about Obi-Wan yesterday. I don't know what, Robin, maybe I'm just going on the side tangent that's going to just totally derail this whole this whole talk here, but just the, the perception of Jedi in the Rebellion at this point. It's just, it's this was a very telling thing. I don't know, maybe, maybe it was interesting to me at least. Yeah, I'm going to actually bring back to this conversation maybe some canon content and everything. Uh, Brian, I know you are a comics reader and everything, and I know a lot of our listeners get into the comics. And the same kind of feeling that I felt between the Rebellion, uh, Saw Gerrera's perspective of the Jedi, is very similar to what I, I read in the Kanan comic. Really, when Kanan was young and was, be, you know, working as a as a Padawan and everything, just that separation between the government and the physical Jedi Order itself. There is that imbalance that is there, and there's still that distrust that, you know, during the Clone Wars, yes, the Jedi were pretty much eradicated from the galaxy and everything, but they are still to blame. There's still that media base that the Jedi were the ones who were trying to overthrow the Republic and everything. So I think there's a certain amount of 
distrust and a certain amount of uncertainty when it comes to the Jedi's presence still, even if even if it's just Obi-Wan and Kane and Jarrus and Ezra. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about comics and, and tie-in, holy crap, what a tie-in to the Vader comic series with, mm. we know that that Click Clack's egg actually ends up becoming that that <laughs> that queen in the, oh man, that the Vader comic was just insane. And that leads a whole nother level. I got to go back and actually reread that couple episode arc there because that, that just makes it even more interesting now. And, um, yeah, you know, there's, there's so, so many much to it. There was, there was just so many other one-liners. I don't know if you caught that one by Sabine talking about stupid sand and, you know, again, harkening <laughs> back to, to Anakin Skywalker. But, you know, this episode just, just really had it all. And, you know, I thought they did a really good job with the with the Geonosian, who obviously Ezra kind of, you know, affectionately called Click Clack, who I have to give a shout-out to... Uh, uh, Steel Saunders of, of the Steel Wars podcast because he had posted something on Instagram and it was obviously Click Clack drawing the picture of the um, the Death Star and everybody thought it was those bombs, the gas bombs, but obviously it's the Death Star. And, you know, you just want to <laughs> yell at the TV like, come on, you know, it's the, you know, it's the Death Star. But anyways, he said like, you know, Click Clack was the most, you know, frustrated Pictionary enthusiast in the entire Star Wars galaxy that day. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much with the character of Click Clack. I'm telling you, I've seen so many different recap shows and everything up to this point, Brian, obviously coming of coming off of last night's episode and everything. Boy, I, I think their Click Clack, yeah, I mean, you could kind of see the, the development with Ezra there. I don't know what Ezra we're going to get each episode. Like, this, this was a very different Ezra. I know he has some kind of connection to the natural world and to different beings and everything, but I, I just I just didn't know what to make of it. And I thought they actually handled his character very well. We know that the Geonosians are pretty much extinct, but we don't know to what extent. Obviously, towards the end of the episode, he takes this queen egg and he goes underground, which I think is completely fascinating because... What else is down there was was possibly going into what we're going to see towards the end. But are there pieces of this supposed double circle drawing down there somewhere? I don't know. There's just so much about the Geonosians that we kind of just get teased at and everything, but we didn't get definitive answers for. And Click Clack, I think, was actually a, an interesting way of interpreting what state the Geonosians were at. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job with the with the with the the premise of this, and obviously that it, that Imperial light star destroyer that shows up i originally had thought you know just in my own head canon that that was potentially um ray sloan but that didn't really make a whole lot of sense and i'm you know i'm still trying to go through a lot of the 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 canon novels and stuff and i haven't quite gotten to the ones that she's covered more extensively i just started reading uh the first aftermath novel but obviously we know that's captain brunson and you know it was funny because even in episode you know, Hera even made the mention of that she's showing her inexperience. But, you know, that whole sequence, I was like, oh, come on. The ghost isn't going to go down this this shaft. That's just just barely enough for it to, to fit both ways with the with the engines and everything. But I thought those I don't know if there's been any, anything official, you know, whether those those troopers are called like jump troopers or, or, or shock troopers. But I thought that was interesting. But man, yeah, we got the answer to the question you and I had been looking for. Sabine got that jetpack working. Sabine to the rescue. That was a pretty cool. I I actually um, I watched this episode uh, with my son, and uh, he got a big kick out of this, and and I, he likes the character of uh, of Sabine. So I thought that was just a really good action sequence. The chances of a Mandalorian 
not possessing a jetpack for a certain amount of time is very slim. There's no such thing as a Mandalorian that doesn't go without a jetpack. I mean, it's just, it's just what happens. And just that sequence with Sabine, and I guess you could call them the um, jump troopers. Uh, I just love that, 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 that outfit. I need to see cosplay of that. It is just so, so cool. And just to see that sequence, and then she comes and she lands back down on the ghost. And Ezra, of course, teases what he's always been teasing. Oh, man, I really need a jump pack. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah good luck with that, basically. <laughs> Oh, that was that was great. But yeah, so, you know, obviously, and I thought that was a pretty good action sequence for them to to get the ghost out of there. But, you know, obviously, you know, they're not going to go to the, explaining all the extents of what happened and stuff. But so obviously, they tried getting a couple of those gas bombs as you know, the, the ghost has the ability to, you know, magnetize certain cargo on the on the edge of it. And, you know, it, both bombs actually fell off. And um, as they're trying to get past the, the Star Destroyer there. But of course, like they didn't give any thought about it, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, good God, they just dropped both of those and they just right, right back where Click Clack was. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to put Click Clack in this episode, but boy, oh boy, we're going to drop some bombs on him. Oh, it's just, I don't know. It, it, you know, I, there's one thing when you're trying to be a kid show and everything, but I was just like you, I was like, oh my goodness. What, what happened to poor Click Clack when those dropped? I mean, that's all chemical weapons. Yeah. Jeez, I, I don't know. Uh, so, but you know, just to, we'll tie a ball on this episode. I mean, obviously this was a, I thought was, was really well done and that, that connective tissue was there, but the most fascinating thing, and we kind of opened with it is, is just the character of, of Saw and kind of that interaction that happened with the ghost crew just prior to the, to those jump troopers coming down, you know, where, where, you know, you kind of had Kanan and Hera had the mom, dad moment where like, we need to talk in private. You know, as as they're doing that, you know, the kids are fighting and Saw is just like deciding to to change the uh, the deal. <sighs> Man, I, I think that, you know, you've you've had comments and I'll probably butcher the exact phrase, but you've had comments in the past of of kind of Dave Filoni's affection for the character of Saw Gerrera because it was somebody that George had developed as, as that character for the live action series that never occurred. They were able to kind of insert him into the Clone Wars. We brought him back. He's obviously in Rogue One. And his just referencing him to him being like the original rebel, the first, you know, the first rebel. And, you know, you made that point earlier, Robin, about it's just the uneasiness of the rebel alliance to fully endorse him. And I don't think he's as extreme, like Kanan's obviously never heard of him. Hera knows a little bit that his tactics are a little extreme at this point. So even in the current rebel alliance, there's some uneasiness in about it. And I have a feeling that this isn't the last we're going to see of Saw. And I, I, we obviously have been teased already with the mid season trailer, knowing that we're going to get Mon Mothma. I'm wondering if that's like an episode where we're going to see where they basically kind of say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Saw. you don't, we're, you don't, the way you're doing things isn't the way we want to go about this. Yeah. And after seeing Rogue One and everything, I think we know that Saw Gerrera is a liability to the foundation and what the rebellion wants to continue to do at this time. As you said, Brian, there's about a, we're looking at probably about a two year gap here where a lot of things happen. And of course we've been teased again at Mothma, Bail Organa and everything. So obviously there's going to be some kind of tie-in and, and probably some backstory to why Mon Mothma and Bail Organa and everybody within the rebellion feel that way. And one other thing I wanted to bring up before we, like you said, Brian, put a bow on this thing, because there's, we could just keep going. I mean, there's just so much about this episode that we could break down. But it's the director of this physical episode, which is Mel Zwire, 
And I have to say, I think Dave Filoni made a really good choice with this character. If you're talking about bringing a character from the past or within this universe back, because Mel Zwire was also on Young Justice, which was a series, uh, an animated series when I was a kid. And one of the things he had to do within the first two episodes of that series is bring Superman back into the Young Justice League series. So I feel like there might have been a choice there in terms of, yeah, this guy knows how to bring animated characters mm. to life and to bring a character back into this universe. Just a thought there. And Mel Zwire is a wonderful, wonderful animated director. Also behind How to Train Your Dragon and everything, which was obviously a success at the box office for the families and for the kids. I don't have kids, Brian, so I don't know how successful <laughs> it was, but just saying. <laughs> you can still go see kids shows, Robin. <laughs> nobody's gonna judge <laughs> you and i both still collect star wars toys so i don't have any i don't have any judgment <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy in his mid-30s oh, yeah. i'm the guy in his mid-30s that's in the toy aisle without his kid there so <laughs> <laughs> yeah looking uh, at scarf stormtroopers like they're nothing to be business with they're just yeah. they're, you just gotta throw them in the cart and that's it yeah. <laughs> you lose all your shame as you get older. Don't worry about it. So yeah, anyways, no, that's it. That's actually a really good point. I'll have to go back and, and take a little bit extra look at that. But yeah, overall, you know, th this is just us uh, spitballing on this episode. Like we say all the time, Robin, we don't pretend to know it all. And like you said, there's there's plenty of others out there that will that will break this down. But you know what? The reason why we do this is it's just so fun to talk Star Wars. And you know, I always walk away from our little chats with a couple of different things to go back and and think about. Just because it, you, you're only one point of view. You know, we definitely appreciate everybody either watching or, or tuning in and just kind of riding along on this fun little uh, Star Wars adventure we're on. Yeah, it is one heck of a train ride, this Star Wars universe, everything happening here in New Hampshire and within the Star Wars community across the Northeast. We're so glad that you guys are tuning in, listening to us, watching us, taking us in in different mediums. And we love doing this for you, the Star Wars fans. We come out of it learning stuff from you guys. And also at the same time, Brian and I, are getting to know each other at the same time we you know we don't know a ton about each other other than that we're star wars fans and everything but we get to know each other's backgrounds in terms of our star wars knowledge which is always fun and we always love you guys being part of that universe with us brian i think it's a great time for maybe a couple little plugs here uh i, I think we call it plug time plug time so yeah jedi scavenger.com instagram twitter facebook all that good stuff and you know officially unofficially part of the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. That's right. The Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network coming to you guys again across all different mediums here on YouTube Jedi Scavenger, Vintage Viewport, and the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets, Robin Vote. You can also send me that friend request on Facebook. Make sure to check out the Brick City Blockade on Twitter. Head over to our SoundCloud, iTunes, everything. Subscribe for all your awesome Star Wars content. Well, that's another week of Star Wars Rebels discussion, Brian. It's been so much fun talking with you guys. And for Robin Vote and for Brian Fontaine. May the Force be with you always.